0: This week on The Magical Hacks, isn't that iconic? Don't you think?
1: It's like a man of dream on your wedding day. Or something. <laughs> 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 That's iconic.
0: and welcome to this week's episode of The Magical Hacks, the Magic the Gathering podcast recapping your magical week that was September the 6th through the 12th of 2017. I'm Tom Casper, and with me today, as always... Ray's back! Yay! And I'm Steven. And we have a lot to cover. Hascon was this weekend. We have seen Magic Arena. We now know what it is. We have more spoilers for Ixalan and the entire spoiler for Iconic Masters. So let's jump right into... News. all right starting things off let's talk about iconic masters now this is a master set that we've known has been coming for a little while now when we knew it would be completely playable and fully premiered after hascon and oh boy have they spoiled us this time i cannot believe we are seeing mana drain as a reprint it is probably the flagship reprint of the entire set uh it is insane what they're doing with this set and i can't wait to draft it
2: so wait i haven't done a whole lot of research behind this product is it gonna
1: be for sale in stores
0: yes uh msrp i think is 250 for a box or something like that
1: i think it's 9.99 a pack for a 24 pack box so that's like modern masters prices yeah okay right it is a master set it'll only be available through Wizards Play Network locations. It won't be available at Walmart or Target. And it'll okay. be nine ninety nine a pack. Boxes will have twenty four packs. And yeah. Holy smokes the list of mythics. Yeah. 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 We've got Mana
0: Drain. We have Channel. We have All of the Praetors. We have <laughs> I mean, this this is, it's nuts. We're seeing Thoughtseize, Flusterstorm, uh, Horizon Canopy. Yes. We're, it, there's just so much going on with this set, and it just, it seems insane that they've gone this far.
1: Yep. Ancestral Vision, Oriak Champion, uh, Aether Vile, mm. Bloodghast, like, it just
0: goes <laughs> on. All the stuff people have been clamoring for, for reprints for a long time. Yeah, oh.
1: Glimpse the Unthinkable.
0: Yeah. Where has that yeah. been? Yeah. <laughs>
1: But they actually, they still managed to mostly keep their focus on what they said, which was hydras, dragons, angels, demons, and sphinxes. And we get consecrated sphinx. We're getting Lord of the Pit. We're getting uh, Archangel of Thune. Avicen, Angel of Hope. Yep. Uh, Malphagor is a demon and a dragon. We're getting all five Kamigawa spirit dragons. It's knocking the ball out of the park, and Thoughtseize with the Alexi Berclatt art.
0: Mm -hmm. The the original Thoughtseize art. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mishra's Bauble, Oblivion Stone with new art. Bauble is at Uncommon, thank God. This set looks insane. It looks like a lot of fun, and we also have new rules pertaining to Blood Moon and Magus of the Moon with the release of this set. The way cards work now is that if a land has the ability of, as it enters the battlefield, or if it comes in with counters, those abilities no longer apply. So, something like Cavernous Souls, you do not get to name a creature type. Uh, your Shocklands, you do not get to choose to pay life for. They just enter. Untapped. That is correct. They just enter. Everything enters untapped now. If it were coming tapped, it just comes in untapped. Also, Dark Depths comes in with zero counters on it. <laughs> so, it, it, there's a lot of. Interesting stuff to do in formats that have Blood Moon and Megas of the Moon available. Specifically, Legacy, uh, where you can play Blood Moon and then I don't know, hold up Green Black and then blow up your Blood Moon, and after making your land drop a Dark Depths, and suddenly you have an indestructible twenty twenty. What, what oh, are yeah. you gonna do?
2: You can just play Jund, and like on turn five or whatever, you float five mana, cast your Blood Moon. Or, I guess it'd have to be turn six, but, you know, float five mana, cast your Blood Moon, make your land drop, which is Dark Depths, and then Abrupt Decay your Blood Moon. Mm-hmm. It's kind of roundabout way to do it, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Or you can just play Magus of the Moon and a Lightning Bolt. That works. Yeah, I mean, if, <laughs> if you're
1: one of those legacy <laughs> decks that wants to drop their turn one Blood Moon... I mean... <laughs> Just do that, follow it up with a, like, make it a turn one Magus of the Moon and follow it up with a turn two Dark Depths Lightning Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the not the wildest thing you can do in Legacy, but I want to take a moment to talk about uh, a couple of neat things that I'm noticing on the Odd Commons and Commons lists. Okay. First of all, on the Uncommons sheet, we're seeing Assault Formation, downgraded from from Rare to Uncommon, uh, which is a really fun build-around-me pick for your draft pod. It makes you look at everything you're drafting in a totally different light. Uh, and then on the Commons list, we're getting over 20 new Pauper cards. Most of them aren't hugely impactful, uh, but Dissolve is one of them, which is a very good counterspell. <laughs> I mean see how it is in a format that has counterspell, but that's something. Uh, I see Emerge and Scathed and Jotty Offshoot could see a lot of sideboard play in in various decks. The, I think, two most exciting are probably Seeker of the Way and Jace's Phantasm. So Seeker of the Way was a standard Mm all-star. And so I can imagine that it's going to get up to all sorts of mischief in in Popper. And Jace's Phantasm is a is a very popular casual card. Uh, and someone's always out there building Pauper Mill, so the only other thing on the common list that I want to draw attention to is that Ivy Elemental was originally a rare and is downshifted all the way to common.
0: All right, then. Uh, second thing coming out of Hascon that we should probably talk about the new lands for Unstable. The full art John Avon lands for Unstable that are completely borderless and absolutely beautiful.
1: Yep. All art, all the time. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. You now, this is something we've sort of hinted at with the release of the new. Uh, Flip cards from Ixalan, where the lands that they flip into have no borders on the back side. Uh, This is the first time we are seeing a full art basic land that has no borders. It is very interesting to see. There's been a lot of discussion, both positive and negative, towards these cards. But hey, if you don't want them, I will happily take them off your hands.
1: (laughs) So those will be appearing uh, in the basic land slot of Booster Packs of Unstable. With the exception of one in every so many Booster Packs... Will instead of having one of those basic lands, have a Steamflogger boss. It's the That's only no. other black-bordered card in the set. It, That's is that true that thing. True? the true All the all the <laughs> tournament legal cards in that set are on one sheet together, and it's five basic lands and Steamflogger boss, so they they take up the same slot in the pack. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> well, if you do end up cracking. Uh, unstable packs just for basics best of luck to you i hope your steam floggers are very few and your basics yep. are many
1: can we can we take a moment to appreciate the <laughs> the shot like just the boom headshot wizards took on everyone who was like trying to hoard steam flogger bosses and create scarcity every time yeah. like <laughs> every time there was a whisper <laughs> this time contraptions are happening steam flogger boss would spike and now wizards is like it's a basic land. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
0: All right. Finally, out of Hascon, we have Magic the Gathering Arena. Now, this is the new Magic Digital Next product that they've been talking about for a couple of months now. Uh, this is also basically their replacement for Duels of the Planeswalkers. And if Hearthstone isn't a competitor, like they've been saying, you could have fooled me because holy crap, this looks like Hearthstone. Yeah,
2: the uh, the animations on this are incredible. Just mm-hmm. to watch, honestly, they I think they did a pretty good job on that aspect of the game.
1: Yeah, and that's I I think that's the main thing. I mean, he, I don't personally care for Hearthstone. I think I've mentioned it before. It's fairly fun to play, but it doesn't have the depth. Uh, to it that magic does and i just don't it doesn't appeal to me as much but it is very fun to look at Mm -hmm. it's fun to watch people play it because it's animated there's things going on and you can keep track of the action on the field
2: yeah like for example i occasionally tune into brian kibler's stream knowing that brian kibler was a uh, previous magic the gathering pro and he's just a great character i like watching him so I'll tune into his streams and he's always on hearthstone. Uh, I have no idea what's going on. What cards are good. Um, I obviously I play magic, so I understand the flow of a card game, but there's something to be said about the captivity of that sort of setup.
1: Mm hmm. MITGO for, for everything that it does have going for it. And there's, you know, some, it's not very fun to watch. It's it's just not. It doesn't look very good. <laughs> no, it, it looks like it was made done. in 1997. Not, <laughs> like, not at
2: all. Like you you have to really be into the gameplay and also be into the person that you're watching in order for watching a Magic Online streamer to be appealing correct. to you. Which it is appealing to me personally, but
1: so Arena. Looks very fun to play. Because I wasn't sure what their solution would be to making it simple to parse the field when you're looking at the field. <laughs> because Magic Cards, uh, the shape of the cards and the the text formatting on the cards does not really lend itself to a Hearthstone-style arrangement. And Hearthstone doesn't have lands on the field, ever. So I was curious how they are going to manage that. And what they did was they just truncated it essentially to just the art like it's just the art the name at the top and power toughness at the bottom and it's great because like art is what magic players use to identify cards
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's the universal thing for pretty much every magic player it doesn't matter what language the card is in if you recognize the Mm -hmm. art on the card you know what it does yep that is sort of a y thing they did correct me if i'm wrong it's been a while since i played hearthstone but they have the same sort of setup where you zoom over or you hover over the card and it tells you exactly what the card does. Mm-hmm. Like it tells you all the abilities on that yeah, card. Yeah,
2: that, that is correct.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Arena is basically, and I, we've, we've been talking about it a little bit already. Arena is the replacement for duels of the planeswalkers. It's meant to be fast paced and fun. It's meant to be the more casual, almost standard specific version of Mitko and it's meant to be a lot more accessible to new players a lot more user-friendly the AI or the UI is meant to be a lot more presentable to everyone for streaming they want to push this esports this is how they want to push the esports of Magic the Gathering from what I can Mm -hmm. tell because like you said Mikko is it's it's so boring to watch right I watching Paper Magic there's like something going on in front of you mm-hmm. miko it's 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 like watching somebody play solitaire mm-hmm. and that somebody isn't you and it does <laughs> it looks like the windows 95 solitaire yeah. <laughs> right
2: and yet some people are just charismatic enough to make it That's entertaining true. but then again mm-hmm. it it's entirely in the personality of who you're
0: watching though like there are good streams and bad streams mhm mhm i should say this game is designed in unity So it should be available across all platforms. It should be cross-platform compatible. We haven't heard anything from Wizards if this is gonna happen. It has a full rules engine built into the game. So this is something, I don't know if Magic Online works the same way, but I'm assuming it has like a strict code rather than an actual engine that runs through everything to check rules as the game progresses. This is something where it should be easy enough for them to modify it as new cards come out and to modify it as rules change. Mm-hmm. It's also something where players should expect the complexity that they've come to expect for Magic the Gathering with a very simplistic, fun to watch gameplay of something like Hearthstone. That's exactly what Wizards is trying to push here.
1: Yep. I should note I just want to throw this out there for anyone who's interested. Arena is obviously not available just yet but it is in closed beta, or is going to be in closed beta. Wizards will be sending out invitations to people for the closed beta in Waves, Uh, so you can sign up for it at playmtgarena.com. But if you participate in an Ixalan pre-release at a store with a DCI number that you have connected to a Wizards account, which I think we talked about a couple months ago, I think.
0: Yeah, with the phasing out of duels, you could create your own Wizards account.
1: Right. So, if you have not done that, do that. And if you do that and play at a Ixalan pre-release, you will be marked as a priority beta tester. Ooh. You'll be bumped up. You can also get priority by playing in a Magic Online Ixalan pre-release or linking your Magic Duel's ID number to your Wizards account. Any one of those will put you in the queue for priority access.
0: (laughs) All right, well, that's it for Magic Duel's. Let's move on to Ixalan spoilers. There have been a lot to come out lately, but really I think we should just talk about... Because I don't know what Wizards is doing, but they're figuring out how to reprint stuff on the reserve list without reprinting stuff on the reserve (laughs)
1: list. Oh, all those... Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Basically, it seems that most of the flip cards they've been printing, most of the transformation cards they've been printing, have incredibly powerful classic cards printed on the back on the land. So first off, we have Growing Rights of Itlamok. It- Growing Rights of Itlamok. We'll we'll say that. Seems Which is good. a legendary enchantment. For two and a green. When Growing Rights of Itlamach enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. At the beginning of your end step, if you control four or more creatures, transform Growing Rights of Itlamach into Itlamach Cradle of the Sun, which is a legendary land. You can tap it to add green to your mana pool or tap it to add green to your mana pool for each creature you control. So here's Gaius Cradle. Mm-hmm.
1: The backside of this card is objectively better than Gaia's Cradle. Because Gaia's Cradle does not tap for mana if you get board wiped. it always at least mm-hmm. taps for green. So it's better than Gaia's Cradle. Which is it's words true. that you can say now. <laughs> you can actually say those order- words in that order. The only catch is that it's on the back of a three mana enchantment that... What is that? What's the card with that effect?
2: Uh, Oath of Nyssa?
1: Yeah, it is Oath of Nyssa. It's pretty much an Oath of Nyssa that instead of affecting your Planeswalker casting, becomes a card that's better than Gaia's Cradle. So, inclined to call this an upgrade over Oath of Nyssa.
2: Yeah. You do get to look at four cards instead of three, but you only get to take a creature off of this. So, there's... You see more cards, but you get more limitations on the front
1: side. Yeah. And then we have, in a similar vein, we have an enchantment, Legion's Landing. is a single white legendary enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you create a 1-1 white vampire creature token with lifelink. And when you attack with three or more creatures, you transform it into a land that is mostly Keldar and Outpost. The backside of it is Adanto, the first fort. Legendary Land tap for a white or two and a white tap to create a 1/1 white vampire creature token with lifelink. So, it's not it's not as similar to and Outpost as Cradle of the Sun is to Gaia's Cradle, but it's pretty dang close. For for 3 mana you can tap it to make a 1/1 with lifelink instead of paying 2 mana to tap it for just a 1/1. Very strong. I can see this in any commander deck that wants tokens. I can see it in any standard deck that's going to run tokens.
2: Mm -hmm. Or vampires. Yeah, exactly.
1: Essentially replacing Westvale Abbey in that sort of role where it's just If you're wanting to pump out blockers, these blockers have lifelink. And you don't have to pay five and a life to make them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve, I wanted to cover
0: this real quick before we move on to the transformation card that we're going to talk about. Okay. We were talking earlier about growing rights of Itlamok in formats outside of standard. And I wanted your thoughts on Uh, that, because I know you play elves. And this is the one card, if this deck were to fit anywhere... In like I don't think it would see legacy play. I think most legacy players would just play Cradle, mm-hmm. but in modern, I think this would slot into Elves. But I wanted your opinion on it because I know we sort of came to a conclusion. Yeah,
2: so uh, growing rights of Itlamok. It's a little expensive as far as mana ramp considerations. The three mana cost on it kind of resembles sort of an another uh, Elvish arch druid in your elf lists, but at the same time, like, instead of how Elvish Archdruid taps for mana on turn three, this won't tap for mana until you have four creatures in play and pass the turn. So, in terms of tempo, it's a little slow for the elf deck. However, On the upside, you do get to look at the top four cards of your deck and grab a creature card from it. So it it is even on cards and it will eventually ramp you. So like the real implication of this card is kind of on on par with just like I would compare it to Nykthos Shrine to Nyx. Is that it? Yeah. Did I get that name right? Mm -hmm. Nykthos Shrine to Nyx. Yeah, so Nykthos just kind of comes down and taps for mana immediately, and you're gonna more or less add as much mana as this backside of Growing Rights of it- Itlamok would get you. So all in all, it, it's kind of a slow enabler, and like the real deal with the elf deck is Azuri is your win condition. So if you if you want to play like more ways to get mana, I would probably stick with Nykthos. But moving forward, I'm probably going to test this out
0: just to see how it works. Okay, then. Let's move on to our final transformation card that we're going to talk about, which is Dowsing Dagger. It is a two-mana artifact equipment. When Dowsing Dagger enters the battlefield, target opponent creates two zero-two 0-2 green plant creature tokens with Defender. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus one. When equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may transform Dowsing Dagger. Equip two. And it transforms into Lost Veil, vale, which is a land. And you can tap it to add three mana of any one color to your mana pool.
1: So I want you to know the first thing I'm doing is, is putting the letter U at the beginning. So it's going to be U Lost Veil. Vale. That way it's an anagram of Lotus Veil. Vale <laughs> because that's what it turns into, is Lotus Veil vale from Weatherlight. Which is another restricted list card. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm wondering how much this card will see play. The fact that the land is not legendary is very interesting Mm -hmm. the fact that there's so many creatures in the upcoming format that where artifacts matter is very interesting there's also a lot of creatures that are unblockable and also evasive which makes this card i don't know if you need to build around it but it's not something you would automatically stick in your deck right but you kind of want to just because the amount of mana you can gain from it just from one good attack is totally worth it
2: yeah yeah, it it's kind of like a hedron archive of sorts, mm-hmm. but it taps for three mana if you are ever able to flip it. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I did want to take just a, a brief, brief moment to talk about one other reserved list card that's hiding on the back of one of these enchantments, and that's Argwell's Bloodfast. It's a two mana legendary enchantment, one in a black, uh, one in a black, pay two life draw card. So it's it's a slow version of greed that costs substantially less mana. But at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have five or less life, you may transform it. And on the backside, it's a diamond valley that taps for black. So you can tap it for black or tap it and sacrifice a creature to gain life equal to the sacrificed creature's toughness. I don't know that this is going to make many waves in standard unless someone's going to try and combo it with the new Vraska. Somehow, by setting their life to ten, setting their life to one, uh, and then flipping it, seems risky business. But if if you want to try it, be my guest. Um, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not behind the game plan of setting your life total to one. Just just target your opponent with that, and then play your walking ballista. It'll be easier.
0: <laughs> seems good. <laughs> Uh, Ray, since, since last week when you weren't here, you told everyone to buy as many of your uh, preview
1: cards, which again were... Thematic Compass and Conqueror's Galleon. There we go. Since you told
0: everyone last week on the podcast, buy, 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 with those two cards, are you feeling the same way about the rest of these flip cards?
1: I would say that by and large I am. Each one of them is, a, is substantially more niche than the two that I recommended, since those were very... They were color agnostic, and they were very utilitarian. Each of these that we've talked about will fit into some kind of deck. But the the Dowsing Dagger, I would say go ahead and throw that in the pile with the Conqueror's Galleon and the Thematic Compass, because that can see play in any commander deck, and if it ever... like, They're just tremendous cards. I mean, the, the raw power on the backside of each of these... Um, With the exception of maybe Conqueror's Galleon is good. I don't know if I would use the phrase raw power for Conqueror's Galleon. But Mm -hmm. the rest of them just have so much raw power on the back that I I largely feel any hoop you have to jump through is going to be worth it.
0: (laughs) So that's a recommendation for all of the flip cards then?
1: So far I would say yes. Uh, We didn't really touch on... Primal Amulet,
0: I know, but that that card is yeah. nuts in and of itself. the the fact that the fact that you're doubling whatever instant or sorcerer you're casting on the back of that, and your spells become one less to cast on the front. So,
1: I feel that i I could really only recommend Treasure Map slash Treasure Cove in a deck that's really going to take advantage of it. Something that's going to try and maximize treasure, because i I almost feel that having the ability to pay one and scry one is stronger than just tapping for a mana in most games of commander. Mm. So, mm. once you run out of treasure tokens, Treasure Cove is just a waste and that's just a waste of time. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that does it for spoilers this
0: week. There's not a whole lot else going on in the news, so that brings us to our question of the week. Our question of the week this week is what is the one thing you are most excited about out of Iconic Masters?
2: Horizon Canopy.
1: It's a pretty good one. Can definitely yeah. agree with that.
0: <laughs> As someone who has his horizon canopies, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of like the new art, but I love the old borders too much, I think, to go with that.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I just, there's very little in me that could justify spending $90 on another land. Yeah. Right. Well, with the reprint, it should drop
0: quite a bit, thankfully.
2: Yeah. At with the reprint, oh. I'm kind of hoping that I could pick up my copies for my hopes is around sixty bucks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I could say that. Personally, I'm excited about IROC Champion. I've been wanting to pick up a playset of this card for about two and a half years now, <laughs> and the reason I haven't is because that card has been sitting anywhere between fifty to eighty dollars. Oh yeah. For the last. 2 to 3 years now. And for the deck I wanted to put it in, it definitely was not worth it at at that price, <laughs> but with this reprint it should be hopefully right now it's pre-ordering for about 20 bucks a piece, but yeah, maybe maybe eventually I can get back to building a uh, black white dead guy ale with Packrat in modern and feel good about myself for playing Packrat again. But <laughs> this this card was definitely a huge part of that deck and a lot of the reason why I don't play it, but it I'm really happy to see it back, even though that means we're probably going to see a lot of Soul Sister decks for the time being.
1: I'm probably going to go with Oblivion Stone. It's a commander staple that recently has taken, an, taken on a new life in modern. I say recently, I guess it's been, it gradually grew in popularity, but it's, it became prohibitively expensive for a lot of commander players some time back, and the reprint is going to help drop the price, and it also has new art, so now you can take your pick of either the, that mystery floating black stone in the sky or this person's hand with an exploding stone in it. There's actually a lot, a lot, a lot of new art in, in Iconic Masters, and I couldn't be happier.
0: Uh, no, I'm not going to go there. Never mind. We'd like to know your answer to the question of the week this week, which again was, what in Iconic Masters are you most excited about? You can answer the question by emailing us at themagicalhacks at gmail.com. You can answer on Twitter, or you can answer on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash themagicalhacks. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are downloaded, on Twitter at themagicalhacks, on Facebook at themagicalhacks. You can find
1: me on Twitter at TCGhosty. I'm on Twitter at suboptimalplace.
2: I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, My Twitter handle is at
0: sjhanley987. And we will be back next week with previews for the Ixalan pre-release, which is happening next weekend. Uh, We will be back with, hopefully, more information about Magic Arena. We don't know what's going on, but there's a lot going on. And don't forget, this week is Magic Open House at participating stores. Please go out. You can get a foil walk the plank. It's going to be awesome, and that card is going to see probably a lot of play in the upcoming standard. Mm -hmm. So, please go out. Please go play. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Peace.
2: Peace.